That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I am Andrew Dice. And I am Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the minute. A minute-by-minute breakdown of Batman v Superman. At this point, everyone knows that this is going to be one of our favorite minutes of the movie because Perry White is in it, so let's just get (laughs) down to it. Minute 62. The police won't help. The press has to do the right thing. You don't get to decide what the right thing is. When the planet was founded, it stood for something, Perry. And so could you if it was 1938, but it's not 1938. WPA ain't hiring no more. Apples don't cost a nickel. Not in here. Not out there. You drop this thing. I could play this like 20 seconds of audio and anything that we would say about it is just like <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Uh, he, he has been chasing down the goddamn bat vigilante story that Perry expressly told him not to. But we do get the, I guess there are three lines spoken here all by Perry that are all just like 100% condensed. Um, the first being the, the one that stuck out to me this time the most because of what we've been talking about, where Clark says, if the police aren't going to do anything about this, the reporters have to do the right thing, to which Perry says, put this in big, bold letters, you don't get to decide what the right thing is. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be like, you know, um, if this was a movie, it would be like one of the, the taglines on the back of the box uh, if this was, you know, if we were still doing that on movie cases. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it applies to Clark and Superman and we're left to kind of wonder like, is that cynical or is he being a realist? Well, he follows that up with, it's not 1938. 1938 anymore. So, I mean, it's, I'd say it's cynical, but it, <laughs> um, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's also not 1938 anymore. So. No, I mean, it, it was funny, too. It, it jumps out the wording so strongly now that uh, this paper used to stand for something, and so could you if it was 1938. Yeah. Which is like, oh, we've just completely dropped all pretense of what we're talking about here, and this is speaking directly to the audience. Right, because... Um, Apples don't cost a nickel anymore. Right, well, and as... as um. Well, we haven't spoken on the nose. 1938 is the first issue of Superman in action comics. So, yes, like you said, it's 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 basically a, a fourth wall breaking, like explaining the 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 world that Superman exists in. I don't care if you have superpowers or not. If you are a heroic person or a person of principle, what can you stand for if you know you shouldn't get to decide what's right? Right. It's just like, that is patently, oh, right, this is the entire problem we're dealing with. And then capped off with the third line, nobody gives a damn about Clark Kent taking on the Batman. Yeah, once again. Which I think we've like, spoken to. Yeah. It, I, I needed that one of those um, Jay and Silent Bob, like, look at the camera. <laughs> Harry White, the, like, Babe Ruth of dialogue Yeah. <laughs> in this movie, just stepping up. He's, like, pointing. You know it's coming. Yeah. Where we'd be dissecting stuff that is just commentary now. And then we end this minute. It's another clean minute break. The closest thing this could get to a chorus, uh, the chorus in this scene being now a newscaster 
that is Jon Stewart. Yeah, although this is not... I don't know. I, I don't think this is a shining example of what Jon Stewart did when he was on The Daily Show. Well, no, and there's no <laughs> Personally. audience. Yeah. Um, I think that the fact that he got... He wanted to get Jon Stewart, and he wanted someone who is a TV presenter to read this to camera. Because this is more like a late night thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, you know what? It makes a lot more sense as that. It seems like a Leno line spoken by Jon Stewart. Having Jon Stewart appear as the person reading it makes it read as if this is, it's not for a joke. Like the comments that he ma- that he's making are, it's, I think it just gives it some elevation. He reads like something straight out of a news snippet from The Dark Knight Returns, where it's that level of like Frank Miller, the caricature of, um, yeah, exactly. Um, which I think is what's a little bit weird about it. Like it's cool in that context, but in the context of like, why is Charlie Rose like being Charlie Rose? And then Jon Stewart is like making a not, I don't know. I don't think it's a very funny joke, but it fits in that context. But the fact that it's Jon Stewart throws me. Like, it's just something that you can only really do in a movie. And the, the way that it's framed, like you're talking about a graphic novel, the the feet you yes. know, up next to the TV. And I love the, there's a lot going on that you almost don't have to get into uh, analyzing with polished patent leather shoes, watching Jon Stewart zooming out to a Hardee's. Yeah. (laughs) And then the reveal that this is a member of a serving staff being kind of hustled back to their job. It's just like a really cool, like obviously we're going to go into the next minute and there's a play of like the class Mm -hmm. that's kind of underneath all of this. But I mean, I love Jon Stewart, so I'm obviously biased, but... Any movie could have one of these breaks in it, and it would be like a moment that just makes me smile because <laughs> knowingly artificial. Yes. Thumbs up for all of that. Like I said, I think this it's, it feels like something Frank Miller wrote for a pundit in The Dark Knight Returns, which is yeah, it, great. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. It's just it just throws me seeing seeing John Stewart present it because it's that it's 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 so like if someone said that about Superman in The Dark Knight Returns, they'd be like, oh, those stupid news people. They're just just politicizing everything and so that's that's my i'm I, i'll stop being i'll stop criticizing it there but <laughs> I, as a transition i do love it especially and i know you're giddy about this next scene um it's a phenomenal transition into that so i'm excited to talk about that it was cut from another one that was cut from the theatrical it's one of those ones that like to the story it doesn't really add or you don't lose a whole lot but it's a transition that bridges these scenes so well and kind of sets the sets the mood and it it goes into a great tracking shot also which speaking of where the minute ends um we're gonna have a great we're set up for a phenomenal like to follow this tracking shot in the next minute the fact that it wasn't included in the ultimate cut by this point in the movie when i was watching the ultimate cut the fact that this really made it clear that this movie was intended to be uh, thinking about things more than delivering thrills mm-hmm. or, or like, um, well, this is one of those moments. It gives it this like grounded um, kinetic is like the wrong words that like, that's usually used like to term talk about action, but it, it connects everything to this like rolling um, Superman is being talked about on late night TV and, and he's yeah. being, and he's also the subject of investigations and 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 Charlie Rose interviews and and like it's just it's this universe building kind of um, 
in something that was maybe a little bit more streamlined, you wouldn't get it. But that's not the point of what they're doing here. We, You've said it before. This might be an intensely Watchmen moment. Yes. For me, that is like even the way that it is delivered and framed and filmed uh, feels very much like just a more contemplative, you know, uh, what a meditation on, you know, like it has that kind of uh, slant to it. Um, but yeah, uh, the person watching this broadcast quietly eating their hearties uh, is snapped out of their break to get back to work. So too shall we. I don't think we know where we are yet. Who knows what we're going to do? We've, we've met Martian Manhunters on the scene. Martian Manhunter, uh, Lois's balls. <laughs> Speaking of balls, a fancy party again. <laughs> I assume the only reason he's not wearing the Declaration of Independence as a cape is... He thinks it's too on the nose. What is going on back here? Guys, come on, let's go. 